This is a HeadGum Podcast. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Okay, we are here on our podcast, Gaotic. I'm Josette. I'm the narrator of this podcast, if you didn't know. And I give tiny little thoughts about everyone in the room. There's Katie Katie across from me. Katie's the kooky one of the crew. Just tiny little thoughts. (laughs) Naomi's to my diagonal. And Naomi's cool, calm, collected on the keys, breaking it down. (laughs) (laughs) And we are here with our stylist and uh, a new entrepreneur, (laughs) (laughs) Olivia Corey. Everyone give it up for Olivia. Beep, 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 beep. (laughs) Hi, guys. This has never happened on the podcast before. We've never introduced anyone like that. I I kind of hear for That was good, though. No, but seriously, we're very excited to have you on. How long have we been working with you now? Like... Four, three years, four years. Wow. I feel like that's, that's a crazy. Lot. That's crazy. Olivia takes our gorgeous dysphoric bodies and <laughs> brings them to life. <laughs> it is true. It's actually been, I, I think we're lifting, it's like, it feels like we're lifting up the curtain a little bit and revealing the, the Wizard of Oz because. Behind how we look so cool. Well, how everyone wants to be exactly like us. I do feel like us. it's a huge, it's a big part of like building a campaign and, a, and a building a world. Is like having someone who can figure out how to actually execute the creative vision in terms of what you're wearing. Which is like, who knows what it is ultimately at this point. Yeah, so you have to vibe it out. Master vibes. vibes. Some of us have more vibes than others. Some of us feel a little bit lost. (laughs) I won't name names (laughs) and say who's who. It's fun to dress all three of you, though, because you're all so different. Wait, say, say more. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get into the hot seat. Say more. We will talk about what we're at, what you're actually here to talk about, but I actually do want you to say more about that. Oh no, just that you all have different people with different bodies and mm-hmm. different energies, and instead of trying to put you in clothes that aren't you and you feel uncomfortable, and I think that's where we like that's how we work together. It's like, yeah. what do you feel good in? Right. And I think working from a place of that, and then also having like creative edge. Helps making like create the vision. I wonder, like, because in my experience with having been styled, so much of it was so like, I don't know, very like prescriptive and strange, and kind of like I think things have gotten a little bit like better, just culturally, like generally speaking, Uh about how Uh like people dress and like you don't have to have a certain body type to wear a certain kind of clothing item like it just doesn't matter or gender expression yeah yeah both and in my particular case but like yeah I just I feel like I had so many strange experiences of people being like because your body looks like this you should wear things that are like this and like this and like that and then just kind of being like oh that's a bizarre thing to say to somebody ultimately um yeah but we fell for it for a long time I know we also crazy we didn't have the tools we didn't we didn't know how to advocate for ourselves and Uh also yeah, it was a process. Yeah, definitely I think that a process. Is crazy to look back on, and I think it's a part. I mean, the thing about styling is like, yeah, it's relevant for people who are musicians or like 
in have that kind of career where what you're wearing is part of you know the story that you're telling but it it also is relevant for anybody but it's it is interesting to look back on like when we were starting out you just assume that other people like know better than you do yeah. And if the, if someone else is telling you like it would look cool if you did this, then you'll go against like what you're feeling and what feels right for 100. you. One um, It's been a journey of like return, basically, to going back to like actually this is just what I feel comfortable in, and that's ultimately going to look the coolest. But it's also being able to like one thing that I appreciate about this relationship is like, and it's kind of similar with um, people that are producing records actually everyone is just also a little bit of a therapist like you have to be able to tell the person like about your insecurities or like what your pathologies are because it's like there are things that you might think you I don't know you have to be able to be honest and say like I don't feel comfortable in this because I have a thing about my arms or something like that or like like we all have our specific things that you already know about yeah uh, they're not gonna want that because that it it accentuates an insecurity or something like that. And then sometimes you have to, it's exposure therapy where you have to be like, I feel like I look bad in this or something like that, but it's actually not true. You need someone to tell you that Mm -hmm. you look great in that. Yeah, You're killing it. (laughs) Sometimes it's all that is of a stylist of like, you look amazing. You kind of just need that second eye, that confirmation that like you look good and you should feel good in Mm -hmm. what you're wearing. Mm -hmm. But it is hard. And I feel like we do so well together because I have known you guys for so long. Yeah. It's still hard, but it definitely makes it easier. (laughs) And we apologize. When you know someone's personality, it's hard to just show up on set and meet someone for the first time and dress them. Right. Do you do that often? Like, how did you start styling? I started styling, I worked at Free People in Urban Outfitters, and so that was just <laughs> like well, models would come in yeah. into Philly and we'd dress them and it was just photo shoots. It was way different though because that was more about the clothes, not right. about the person. Right. And I like way more working with the people and mm-hmm. it being about the person and then finding clothes to match them versus it just like selling something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. And then I came out here and freelance and started working with musicians more so which is way more fun to me yeah because they I guess like if you're a musician you're bringing more personality to the clothes than the fashion industry is I guess can we ask like who when you came out and started working with musicians like what who who did you first start working with and who was your favorite band (laughs) (laughs) mine was a bit crazier like I moved to LA and then started freelancing and I worked with a stylist who put my name down to like work on this job and it was Yeezy. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so like I kind of got like a whirlwind assisting. I worked for like Frank Ocean stylist and Kanye stylist and Kim Kardashian stylist. And so like all of those people, which was amazing. What was was it actually like? What did you do like on a day to day? On a day-to-day, like, I remember Frank Ocean had his birthday party, and it was inspired by Paris's Bernie. Yeah, yeah, I remember the pants he wore. Yeah, so all those clothes that, like, all his friends wore and that he wore, like, I pulled them all and oh, went to all Jesus. the costume houses. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know you did that. Yeah, there was, it's it's a lot. Like, it's fun. Even though you're an assistant, you're still, like, very much in the process doing a lot of it. But yeah, I just remember being at like midnight walking down Hollywood Boulevard looking for sparkly underwear yeah. and like stuff oh like that. God. You're just like working constantly. Yeah. And things change a lot. But honestly, all those people that I just mentioned were incredible people to work for. So it was good. What did you dress like when you were a little kid? 
Um, I mean, I was dressed by my mom oh. a lot of the time <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as a little kid. Yeah, um, I didn't necessarily leggings? go shopping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> leggings on top. Uh, I don't know. Do y'all remember like the like, what like a, an early purchase of like when you were shopping that was kind of important to you? Yes, I had dude. so many clothes. I had my leather jacket. I got my yeah. plain Converse. I got my stinky shoes, which are uh, some Jordans. Mm. I had a flame hat that I liked. I had a flame hat. It was in, in like, 01. And you remember getting that and being like, this is kind of who I am. Cool hat. Definitely. And then I got a pair of board shorts with insane designs on them that I wore as shorts. I had a a, a pair of flame shorts. Mine didn't have flames, but they had, like, insane. I was really into fire. I was really into fire. What about you, Olivia? What were like your childhood purchases that you were like, this is like, this is who I am. I don't know if you guys want to know. I I really want to know. We do. And also, I remember some of mine now. It didn't start until like sixth grade, but. Mine was definitely the velour jumpsuit with the <gasps> pants oh and the top. Wait, did you, was it juicy specifically? No, or was I didn't have enough money for juicy. So, I mean, well, not that Limited 2 was too far off, but it was definitely oh, like a big two. deal for me and it was from Limited 2. This is my question. <laughs> Hell yeah. The dude. thing is, the thing that, that I think is, it's maybe could be specific to people who have more gender-based like dysphoria and like dysmorphia, uh-huh. like- Having that leather jacket and those flame things were so specific to my identity, Changes and I still resonate with them now. Do you resonate with the velour, like jumpsuit, or is that out of the wheelhouse? It's out of the wheelhouse. I think that just comes from being so like into clothes. Like I like to change my out, my co- I like to dress up a lot. Uh-huh. So I think it's just evolved. So now I'm mm-hmm. not. I don't still have it in my closet or anything like that. <laughs> but do you, could you see yourself go- being there? No, I don't think so. But you I'm have the, But you know, it's like you have the energy in your heart. It's like Secretly. they become these little. I don't know muses or like. When I see it at the Silver Lake Flea, I'm like, I get nostalgic, but I I won't buy it again. Yeah, yeah. It's such a journey. It's like, it's, it is interesting. I think I've learned from this relationship, the importance of like taking some time to prepare and like look at photos of something that I like. I like shopping a lot more when I go in with like a specific item or something that I'm looking for. Cause I'm someone who gets really overwhelmed by the, it will become a question of like, who am I? Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. I gotta go home. And then that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's like, where is like the cool vest, you know, then you manifest it. Then I like you shopping. Know. Yeah. Do you make mood boards for yourself or no? Or do you just know what you already want? I really dress from a place of, I want to be comfortable. Yeah, um, feel that. So not really, and like I said before, I like to change it up. Like sometimes when I'm done working with you guys, I might d- accidentally dress like you when I'm done because I'm just <laughs> doing that. Where I'll work with someone else, and it'll be like a ton of dresses, and then I'll just start wearing dresses. Yeah, yeah, stuff um, like that. Um, but I definitely mood board for you guys, and which other is interesting because I, I know <laughs> you identify as like a really empathic person, which you are. So it's like you kind of take on other people's energies. So you're also and their outfits, yeah. <laughs> that I put them outfits. in. <laughs> it's kind of inevitable, I think. Though it's like if you're just steeping in that world, then it makes sense that you're gonna be affected by it. So, on a scale of one to ten, are we your favorite band that you <laughs> work with? <laughs> with three people in it. <laughs> with three people in it. Yes, one thousand. I've never had a relationship wow, with a client like this before. Oh, well, that's wow. really nice. We, we haven't had a relationship with a stylist like this before. Yeah, meaning we that we text you in the middle of the night. <laughs> meaning the kissing, meaning <laughs> like, all the kissing yeah, that we do. Yeah, that too. Um, but you, we, we talked about not on that note. 
<laughs> Who said that? Did Joe or Katie no, say that? Katie. We're here not to talk only about clothes. Well, I kind of want to, my question about where you're going is... The vagina? No. What? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, right yeah. into it. I mean, I, I am always very interested in people who are clearly creative humans whose lives, like, take these different twists and turns based on just, like, kind of following your instinct of, like, where you want to go next. And I think it's really normal in our society. Like if you have one passion that you've been successful at, people are like, well, you should just keep doing that because it's been working for you. And like, you already have like built up, you know, a portfolio or whatever it is. So I think it's interesting, like the actual story, because you are starting to do something now that seems like a totally different world. But I'm curious if you can just kind of take us through like how did how did you go from um, living your life where you're mainly working as a stylist to starting to be curious about this different field? Yeah, I, I love styling, but I definitely had moments at night where I felt like I wasn't doing not enough, but just like something that, yes, I can help people feel better in their bodies, but I wanted to make, have like a bigger impact. Yeah. Just coming from a mom mm. who's like an environmentalist and, you know, yeah. is out there constantly on the forefront. I just kind of wanted to have that element in my life and not just as like a side thing of like posting on Instagram, but something that I could stand by. And I think when I got the diagnosis of PMDD, which mm. is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is a mood disorder related to your menstrual cycle, it kind of was like a light bulb moment, especially because my mom, who is a natural path, like my answer wasn't instantly like, okay, I'm going to do birth control. I'm going to do mood stabilizers. So I had to figure out a way to like help myself or manage what I was going through um, holistically, just Mm -hmm. because that's kind of what I grew up in. And so the more research I did, the more just kind of scary that the like lack of research that there is around the menstrual cycle and reproductive health. And so the more I kind of got into it, the more I became obsessed with it. Um, and then I would just talk to friends just like how I am. And I talked to my sister-in-law and she kind of had her own experience and like everyone had something, whether it's PCOS or endo or mood disorder or just bad menstrual cramps or just mm-hmm. everyone dealt with something. So I was like, this is crazy and no one had an answer. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's still like amazing thought leaders in the space who I look up to. Um, but yeah, not a lot. And so I kind of was like, let me see if I can do something with my sister, develop a product. They have like a lot of connections in that space of like creating something D to C. Um, and then, yeah, I just kept meeting more amazing people and wanted to like create a conversation around it because I think yeah. that's what it is. It's been like stigmatized for so long where it's yeah. like, you know, here's a tampon. Yeah, you know, yeah, like you're yeah. hiding yeah, it on yeah, set. Yeah. So and it's also like so much of everyone's, uh, if you have a period, it's a, it's like... A lot of your month, yeah. if not the whole month. And we'll talk more about that because I know that you have like a, a, a sort of different way of thinking about the cycle yeah. as, a, as an ongoing thing. But yeah. sorry, to finish what can you're saying. you saying. Um, can you, yeah, finish first, but oh my God, I have so many questions. No, you can ask. I'm, I'm, I'll get into the cycle stuff too because yeah. I think that is um, a misconception of like your menstrual cycle is just your period, yeah. but it's not. Like we're going through crazy changes in our bodies every single week and there's like, to simplify it, I'll just say there's four phases. Technically there's like two with moments in between, but for simplicity, it's four phases and each of those phases, our hormones are fluctuating in different ways. Our body calls for different things. And so I think 
that there's just been a knowledge deficit around what happens in our bodies for so long that it's really just about getting more in tune with it and listening to what it needs and not just pushing through like, okay, I have my period and just like, now I need to go to this like hit workout and I need to, like, I don't even, I try to not even schedule stuff around my luteal phase, which happens before, which is technically like where PMS exists, but I don't really like the word PMS. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'll, I ramble. So no, no, but, no, keep no, going. But it's all very interesting. It's like, yeah. So I try to not like book flights or like, you know, socialize and it's like, I'm in my luteal phase. I just ended ovulation. And so even this morning, like we were talking about crying, like I like wept this morning. And so mm-hmm. there's just a lot of changes that it's like hard. And I feel like, you know, not necessarily, well, because of the patriarchy, it's just kind of like focus yeah. and do this and go, 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 go. And we're like trying to be these entrepreneurs and trying to be these musicians on tour. And we're like yeah. constantly told that we just have to push ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the people with uteruses like and what we go through on a constant basis like our bodies actually can't do that and they're not really supposed to do that mm, yeah. but I can get more into it later if you want to have questions that's so fucking I interesting I have too many questions my, yeah. like, my first question is for people that are listening who have periods and um, like maybe haven't learned a lot about this which is probably a lot of people me yeah, it's like um, Joe will be a stand for all in for of those, those different um, things that you described. Which I think you said PCOS. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. that's what PCOS. That? Yeah, it's PCOS. Okay. Yeah, polycystic yeah. ovary yeah. syndrome. This is yeah. like where I mean, from what I understand, this can be like a person who uh, might have like fifty days go in between their periods, yeah. right? And they and then this they experience certain correct? kinds of weight, different kinds of weight fluctuation, and like and mm-hmm. like shit like that, right? Yeah, exactly. So you don't ovulate as much. And so mm-hmm. ovulation is like a big part of all of it. And you, you, so then you end up creating more of like the male hormone. Mm-hmm. To be completely honest, I don't know a ton about PCOS, mm-hmm. um, but I'm learning every day. And I feel like so is everyone. I feel like even people with PCOS and even doctors that you go to don't know a lot about it, which also just goes back to the idea of the totally. lack of research and why this all happens. So I have a friend who who has it. And for a while, I thought that I should get tested for it. I actually do have a regular cycle, so I don't know if that like disqualifies me from having uh, PCOS, but um, that was like specifically her experience. She was like, I went to the doctor and it was almost comical. Like it really felt like um, I was just talking to a friend and my friend was being like, yeah, dude, I don't really know. I'm not really sure. It's like it, it, it's it, like the 18 fucking hundreds where they're like, yeah. I don't know. insane because it's like this is an issue that affects a lot of people. But I think because it, it's people who get their periods or um, it's just like there, there's not research behind it. It's not taken seriously. And um, yeah, it's yeah like she, if had it, to, if it affects- she had to like embark on this journey of like figuring out on her own what was the treatment that that worked for her. So um, I Anyone- did think about her when I heard that you were like starting this um, organization, but the, but my question about like that stuff in general is like, if somebody maybe has PMDD, but like, doesn't know it, it's like, what are, what are some like symptoms or like signs in people's lives that like, how does this stuff show up? Um, yeah, I think everyone has their own, it shows up in so many different ways. Cause like, I think my biggest emphasis is we're all so different. Mm-hmm. And so we all have different ways of healing and different ways of figuring out diagnosis, diagnose, uh, di- diagnosis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but for me, and this is just like really being honest, I was one person half of the month and then a completely different person the second half uh, of the how, month. So, oh. so how long, how long did it, 
What phases did the bad? So yeah, so I'll just I'll just I'll start with that just so you guys can explain. I won't long go to, but there's four phases. So the menstrual cycle starts with your period. Um, your estrogen and progesterone a little low, so you might feel like the same way. Then you go into the follicular phase. It's very regenerative. Like you might feel really good. That's like the best time to go do hit workouts and stuff like that. You feel like your best self. That's when I feel like my best self. It lasts for like for me personally. Again, everyone's different. Like a week and a half. That's like all I get. Is that is like, that around ovulation at all? That's right before ovulation. Okay. Yeah, because that's when you feel like a sexy bad. Bitch. Yeah, you're you're like like look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, Ooh. fuck mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. And then every other day of the month is hell. Yeah, yeah. it's really crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not, so right after ovulation, it's like, and Crazy. literally I just ovulated two days ago and it's like clockwork. We're like, wow, I already feel a difference in my mood because your hormones are fluctuating. Yeah. Well, during, during part of our, our cycles right, right now. now. During yeah. ovulation, are you still feeling, would, would you consider that part of the feeling good? Or, yeah, because okay. your estrogen's really like high. It's like, that's kind of like your happy hormone. Okay. Um, for sure. And also, ovulation only happens like for one day, pretty much. Is yeah. like you, know, you got like that 24 hour time period, and you'll notice a difference. I don't need to get super into it, but just with like your cervical mucus and stuff like that, it's like ways Definitely. you can tell. I that have you're another ovulating. question about ovulation. Yeah. Have you heard about the butt twang? No. What's that? Are you talking about the gooch pain? <laughs> oh, that's this real. It's like something that I like the butt have, you have a, once in a while. You have a cramp. You have a you have a cramp in your taint when you ovulate. It's the truth. And it's like it doubles me over. Yeah, it like, will. It will shoot. It but wait, shoots. what did you call it at first? The butt twang. Butt twang. Mm. Because Gooch pain, taint pain. <laughs> this was like an example Apply. of the TikTok algorithm like being creepy to me. Like, I don't know how it knew that I experienced the twang, but I the was getting knows. videos of... Title of that, the twang. The twang. I was getting videos of like young girls like making these like funny versions of like when the butt twang hits or whatever. I think you showed us one of these. And I was like, what is this? But that was how I realized that that was related even to my cycle and to ovulation. I always was like, well, this can't be a cramp because it's like directly opposite of when I get my period. But the um, lack of education is like uh, alarming. I know truly. it's just messed up that like that's how I found out about that was TikTok. From TikTok from <laughs> TikTok is very but educating. But thank you, though. teenage girls on yeah. TikTok who were brave enough to talk about getting a butt twang. When you're, I love when that. you're releasing your egg. But yeah, I mean, it's like a very sharp cramp. It's like my most intense period cramp, 100%. but it's not when I get my period. Have you had it? I, I have you, a butt twang. Naomi's had it. Mine is, mine, is not, mine is not necessarily... It Just is twang. It's incredibly sharp. Yeah. I wouldn't describe it as like... It's very uncomfortable. It's not as painful as my period cramps because my period cramps are directly from the Satan, the devil himself, yeah, like oh, yes. crawling up inside me and like yeah. ripping my intestines out of my of, uh, every part of me and me crying, shaking on a bed. Poor but baby. you remember the one time I you were know. like, "Do we need to take you At to the, the hospital?" Yeah. You guys went to Huntington Beach. Ooh, I went to Huntington Beach right after that Advil kicked in, yeah. um, <laughs> but it took a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got the twang. Um, so it's normal. The yeah. twang is normal. It happens. And then after yeah, ovulation, I was ask about what's after ovulation. That is that is the worst time. At and least for I will me. need all of this written out. <laughs> after. That's the luteal phase, mm-hmm. and that's like for for a lot of people, like progesterone is supposed to be this calming kind of hormone. But for people yeah. specifically, and I know a lot about PMDD just because that's what I go through. Um, we have like a 
I have a sensitivity towards the hormone fluctuation. Uh-huh. So I respond in a different way to progesterone. So it's like anxiety, overthinking, suicidal thoughts, like manic episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell the difference between like typical like premenstrual experiences um, or PMS and and like something like PMDD, like it, you, 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 you can tell the difference. Like anything that's a bit more severe than what you think is like, okay, like mm-hmm. you should probably start tracking your cycle. Um, what like, do you say severe? If it's getting in the way. If it's getting in the way of your life. Like if you can't go to work, if you yeah. are, if your relationships are suffering, if, and like same with the pain too. Like I also think there's this weird thing that you go to your doctor and you're like, yeah, I'm just having really bad pain. It's like, okay, well just, you know, you know, birth control or you can just take Midol. And so there's this idea that that's, we're supposed to have this pain and mm-hmm. we're supposed to live through this pain. Totally. And it's yeah. like, we actually like don't have to. Also, the, <laughs> if we work with it. The crazy thing it instead of against it. It's yeah. like, that's just also such a Western way of thinking of like the only thing that you can do is to just take a pill or drink or medicate it in yeah. some way yeah. before exploring like other options. Like yeah. the root, like trying to focus on, yeah. okay, why is this happening in my body instead of like wanting to just put a bandaid on it? And I don't blame anyone who's like, everyone has busy lives. Do right. what you need to do. Everyone feels different and like birth control works really well for some people and really bad for other people and same with everything else. So it's really up to you. But yeah, I think just like, understanding more about what is going in your body and why it is happening versus just being like, oh, I'm getting my period and I'm PMSing and I'm bitchy and I'm sensitive. It's like, no. How long does that last? So the luteal phase, it lasts, again, it's like, it can last between 10 to 16 days. It's different for everyone. Right, so when you were saying half the month, you were really Yeah, I really mean like half the month. Like we have like a manifesto at Hummingway where it's like we literally just kind of all felt collectively that we just had one good week. And when I say that to a lot of people, everyone's like, yes. Yeah, Yeah. dead Mm -hmm. ass. One week of being normal and then everything else is hell. (laughs) Like pretty Uh, much, to be honest. Like I, I only... It was only when I saw the there the study about like it was like a photo study, a photo like essay about a, you took a picture of yourself every day of your cycle and then like the days oh, where that, the person looks the happiest. Didn't we see that together? I think we did. I didn't know until probably I was like mm, 20 that you feel good when you're ovulating. And like if you feel, or or in your fertile window or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever Weird, I was yeah. calling it at yeah. the time. Um, very strange, very male-centric and baby-centric and so bizarre. Window. But um, Something about the word fertile is so crazy. It's, it's Weird. just like disgusting. <laughs> yeah, but I agree. I really would like to take it away from myself. There's yeah. something like yeah. white supremacist about the word fertile. I think I that is how so much it. Well, we are just baby makers, you know? But <laughs> no, so yeah, it's for. the patriarchy. It's like, this is your, and like every other day of the month you feel like hell because like your body because you're not a baby to be attracted to you or yeah. something deal disgusting like that. Yeah. yeah, and just deal with it and shove it. And I had such a like, man, I've had like such a nightmare period just my whole life. And like the only thing that, that any blows. anyone, uh, and I got my period really early. I got my period when I was like 11. Mm-hmm. And just nobody knew what to say or do to help you at all in any way other than just like, damn man, like just take Advil, I guess. And yeah, like, so much which shame. Just, which makes you bleed more and it's like a whole thing. Yeah, we yeah. only figured that out about Advil Yeah, what's the deal? I don't Remember? know about this. It's crazy. Well, it's because Advil's a blood thinner. Yeah, oh, Advil's man. not the greatest for no, you. No, we as, didn't know this till we at, we got Midol one time, and we were like, and oh, we were both like, oh my god! But that was <laughs> around the that was a, around the one magical period that I had where I had a period that 
was the lightest period I've ever had for no reason, and it lasted three days. It was which when is, we were synced. It was that was crazy. I was so excited and happy because that has never happened. It's exciting since. to be synced to your buddies, and it's exciting to have. I think a, a short we might period. be synced, you and I. Well, we just mm. figured out I'm at the beginning of my luteal phase. I don't know. I'm actually tracking my period right now. Well, that's the thing is I I started that was a big that was actually a big shift for me and I I haven't really thought about it like in this way until sitting down at this table, but I did start tracking my period a couple of years ago and it helped me a lot with self-compassion. Yeah. Because I sometimes just need to understand like the reasons. I think it's so much more humanizing to like have an understanding of, okay, my my body is experiencing like, these big hormonal shifts rather than like, I'm PMSing. Um, not that everyone says it like that. <laughs> when you actually are PMSing, you're like, oh, I'm PMSing. But like I, I am someone who goes through a lot of emotional ups and downs and I'm, I can be really sensitive and, and it's nice to just have this tool of like, I just check my phone and I'm like, where am I at in my cycle? Because nine times out of 10, I'm somewhere that like where it makes sense. Yeah. 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 I think awareness and having conversations like that is like half the battle, you know, just being aware. Okay. I know that I'm going through this and it's temporary. Yeah. Um, and also speaking to your partners about it. Like you guys know Sid, like he's like, I'm like, all right, I just finished ovulating. He's like, oh, so you're about to enter your luteal phase. So like he, he's like, so I'm going to leave the house. <laughs> not, not no, but I definitely think there's definitely some things where he's like, you know, if we're fighting or whatever, he might just like- Just more compassion, more, more compassion, understanding. Understanding yeah. why my brain might be going through this. Totally. Um, That's really right. sweet and love to see. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I mean, the new version, like, I don't, because it obviously is a part of the patriarchy for to be like, you know, women can be president because they PMS. But it's like, what about we just have a world that like considers these things as um, like scientific reality? Also, here's Mm -hmm. the thing like, okay, people who have certain kinds of reproductive people, marginalized gendered people mm-hmm. who, who experience periods. Yeah. Those folks aside, like cis men are experiencing extreme hormonal shifts yeah, we just all don't the talk time too. It. And we just don't talk about that. We don't talk so about it. So it's like, why are you being so crazy? Like, like, but what to like are their hormonal they shifts? Have, they have I like, don't know. <laughs> and, you know but, I don't know. Something with the tides in the moon. They, they, they have like, 
they are as hormonally active as people who like have you know certain everyone with every kind like of reproductive system yeah is Definitely. is fluctuating in a similar amount. We just don't pay attention to the way that well, you know a, a cis man. They don't have a, like what a physical a thing. Like yeah, they don't bleed or something. Don't, yeah. So it's like we don't yeah. pay attention totally. to it as much. Yeah, and there's some sort of like excuse that because people who because they have this physical thing happen to them, it's like, oh, that's why you're being a fucking bitch. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Without understanding actually what's happening inside the body. And that's why it even happens to us. Like, because we don't know what's going on in our bodies. We just, like, assume, like, okay, I'm just stuck being like this and feeling like this when you do you don't have You're to. Not. Just, I just want to drop a crazy fact here. Yeah. Um, between 1977 and 1993, the FDA did not test any drugs on you know women or people with uteruses. So for 16 years, all the clinical drugs that were like made for us were just tested on cis men. Isn't that absurd? It's absurd. You know, which it's is why so we don't even cool. know my why God. that might all might affect us like way worse than. Because it was tested on men, so we what? don't even know how it affects us. And same with birth control; it's pretty, it's pretty fucked That's up. That's really crazy. Because they didn't want to risk infertility, so they didn't test anything, which is crazy. Because then you think, okay, so then my whole purpose on life is just to like make a baby, and so you're not going to test things on me because you think that I just want to have a child. It's just like I don't know; it's pretty. When, when up. I was in college, I took a sociology class, and they were talking about a lot. There was like a few courses on like um, just like fertility testing, and how many times like. Like let's say a couple is having trouble to get pregnant, and how the men's sperm won't even get tested because they immediately assume it's like the woman's womb. It's just interesting, but I do ha- I have a few questions. So what what do you do to help yourself now that you know that you have PMDD? Yeah, so ways that I help myself are again like I treat my body in different ways throughout the month, and obviously that's like we already have to do so much. So I'm not like eat this and create your diet plan or anything like that, but yeah. it's more so like truly in your follicular phase when you're feeling your best self like that's when you should be like doing those hit workouts or if you're gonna drink alcohol you metabolize alcohol better that's um, crazy and then in your luteal phase like i don't do it's crazy high intensity like i suggest like i don't know what your workout you did today but that's so crazy yeah you you're gonna feel a lot better if you just keep it chill like your body's slowing down because you have progesterone so go to yoga right. do pilates don't i'm like actually it's kind of nuts because the more people just think, okay, every day I need to work out like this, and every day of the month I need to be on a cleanse, you're not gonna lose the weight or get where you want to be. But if actually it's you work out effective. to your cycle, yeah, yeah. and wow. eat to your cycle, you'll notice changes like that. Not only like in the way you're feeling, but in like physical ways as well. So, so when you're saying like Blowing eat or do things too, so when could you could you go be through each? Yeah, go. Could you be more specific through each phase? So I allow myself, and as you guys probably know, like in your luteal phase, like you feel hungrier. It's because your metabolism is moving faster. So it's Whoa. like eat for me. I instead of like snacking all throughout the day, I'll eat three big meals and be proud of my hunger and eat and not like nah. this makes me feel really good because that. Sorry, I'll let you finish. No, that's that, you're fine. That makes me feel really nice because that is how I feel. Because aren't Wait, you luteal? building up your your womb during this phase? Wait, luteal's yeah. luteal's the time worth. The anticipation of the period. Yeah, right? yeah. but that—that's when your progesterone is the is the highest. highest. Okay, and then what you. happens is your body, the progesterone would stay high, but what happens is then you, you know, if you don't get pregnant, then it drops. Okay, and, and that's, that's why there could period, be a mood, and that's shift. why the uterine lining sheds because yeah. those hormones drop, and then your right. period comes. Right. Um, oh my god. <laughs> It's all coming together, <laughs> and I will forget so, tomorrow. <laughs> my biggest thing would be avoid inflammatory foods. So, like, 
I have a, so there's differences between food sensitivities and food allergies. So like I have a food allergy to gluten, yeah. but also gluten is like a big inflammatory, um, unless it's like your delicious home-baked breads, which I Wait, still- Wait, do you mean like it, it causes, you're talking about like an, co- infl- an inflammatory. Okay. Yeah, and inflammation is like a huge trigger of like high histamine levels, like trigger your sensitivity towards the hormone, hormone fluctuations. I'm having a moment right now of like just being so tripped out about like showing up at this table like so tired and sensitive and then learning like about why you're tired. Okay, well I'm at the beginning of my luteal phase <laughs> and I did like way too hard of a workout this morning and I'm just out. I mean I'm the crazy thing down for the count. So interesting. The crazy thing is like of course, when you're in your luteal phase, correct me if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but... I'm just picturing, like, luteal. somebody with a luteal. Yeah, luteal. That's, luteal. that's how you can remember um, it. You're feeling freaky when you're on the lute. <laughs> I'm picturing the drunk, like, lutist in, in um, Sleeping Beauty. Or is it luteal with a D? Or is it luteal with a T? No, with a I T. don't. With luteal. Okay, luteal. yeah, so it is. So if you're in your luteal phase... That's also when you feel the most self-toxic. So of course you're gonna, your impulse is gonna be to do self-harm, to do like too much. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because you feel bad in your body and you yeah. want to work out and you want to feel and less I, whatever. And you know what? I, I I think I'm in that phase and I did slightly self-harm and here we are. And here we are. And here we are. What? So what was the stuff you were looking up? Because I forgot. Yeah, about hormones. <laughs> oh no, this was just about histamine. Okay. Yeah, read it again. Like it says, histamine intolerance is the temporary state of having too much histamine. Mm-hmm. Still not answering our main question, but in addition to its role in immune function, histamine also regulates stomach acids, stimulates the brain, boosts libido, and plays a key role in ovulation and female reproduction. So it's not necessarily always a bad thing. It's just when you use too much of it. Yeah, sure. Okay, so we were somewhat right and somewhat wrong. This is the thing that I'm curious about. Um, You know know when we're, we're on our period and everyone's like, I'm just hungry. It's like, eat the cookies. Is there something to that? <laughs> is I there something good sounds, about the cookie? No. for permission. No, but is there something to like that part of your cycle and wanting to consume like Well, we haven't actually food? gotten to that. Yeah, we haven't gotten have to that we? part. Or no. does it just start no, over? No, so we are still, we can take it back. Take it back. Well, no, well, the thing is, is like definitely don't, you know, not eat those things, but sugar is an inflammatory, just in the same way that like alcohol is, especially refined sugar. So like my thing would be like eat the darkest chocolate that you can eat. Like personally, like I wouldn't go eat like a refined cookie that like Chips Ahoy. I would go to like Whole Foods and get a hundred, like an eighty nine percent cacao bar or something like that. Is the this best is way to to deal with that because that refined sugar is going to be inflammatory and then and the best time massive. if I was going to eat the refined sugar would be to eat it when I'm ovulating because I can break down the sugars the best then or not necessarily when you're ovulating because like I said ovulation right before is, yeah around that time yeah your metabolism your follicular phase. yeah your follicular shit. phase that's like you can like we gotta eat. start planning our, our yeah, we gotta start planning when we eat we all gotta sync up. But also, like, don't stress about it so much because no, stress so and sleep are also, like, stress... If you don't stress out and you sleep enough, those are going to, like, give that's you a better cycle. That's that, like, going to do more for you than a supplement, going to do more for you than, you know, focusing so much on what you're eating. But pay attention, I think, just to what you're putting in your body and what your body's calling for. But, yes, in your follicular phase, like, is when you can eat that, like, you know, nasty vegan burger and, like, have that and indulge in those things. And then I would eat, like, wholer foods like avocados and just, like, leafy greens. It's, and legumes during um, the luteal phase. It's just interesting that we have been told or like the the folklore around the period in terms of what to eat is mm-hmm. the opposite. But I feel like uh, people want, you want an excuse to Why to do, do that. people tell 
me to eat meat <laughs> when I have my period. Is that a thing? Why do people tell me what well, to do? <laughs> why is everyone telling me what to why, do today? Why do people get off my back? It's crazy because you guys know I go kind of back and forth now. But when I was younger, like, and I didn't get my period till I was like 17, which is technically Wait. like not normal. Mm. But we don't really like using that word. Yeah. I got it really late. Oh, okay. But I was also a, like a vegetarian and played like intense sports. And that happens so that, a lot yeah, with athletes. That happens that's, that's, a lot. I know that happens with like dancers and shit. Yeah. What but sport? Volleyball? Soccer. soccer. Did you oh, want to have it volleyball when you were like tall. 15 or were you Oh, chilling? I did lie. I lied a few times and like I would be like, oh yeah, I had to put this tan. Tampon in, like I was like, uh, and I, I hate when I have to do that. <laughs> I hate when I had to put that tampon in, <laughs> which that's a whole. Tampons are crazy too. But yeah. I did oh. actually read in this book, which I'm just gonna drop it here for people. Laura Brighton, the period repair manual, like changed my life, and I'm okay. still learning every day. But in here, it tells you if like you are going to choose the vegan or vegetarian lifestyle because meat has like a lot of B12 in it and iodine. Take a B12 you, supplement. Yeah, take a B12 supplement. I just start. And Wait, I, when would you do? Well, let's say. Based on my cycle, when would I do that all the time? Um, <laughs> I like I'm like really sensitive, even though I'm very much like into supplements. I get sensitive to supplements all the time, so I take personal like breaks. Like I do a lot of magnesium and a lot of iodine in my follicular phase. Why? Um, I want to say stupid stuff. It's all can too say, smart. Say stupid stuff. I wanted to say, Whoa. what if you get itchy sometimes? <laughs> like if you get itchy from the supplements or just life in no, general? No, I was just life being in general. Like people probably. tell me, <laughs> why are you keep laughing at this? One, per- one person has, has told me that, um, like, I guess it would be my luteal phase or is there a specific word for, I guess like once you get your period, like that's, that you just go back into the follicular phase? So to be very specific, your period is technically in the follicular phase. A lot of people split it up into four different phases, but like scientifically it's actually part of that phase. It's just um, after it's over, then that's when like estrogen kind of boosts back up because during your period, both those hormones are really low, which is kind of why your mood might be low. So is the follicular phase like the the shedding and the, of the lining, uterine lining, and then the regrowth of the lining? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. And then the other phase is the, is... Ovulation, right? Is, is ovulation. Ovulation, again, isn't technically like a phase. I don't want to confuse people, but it's, no, a, it's yeah, a, more of like a moment questions. or like an event because it only la- it's only a it's day. It's one day. And yeah. what, what yeah. phase is that in? They call it the, the disgusting word that I used, but the better word that I think the said. luteal phase would be the regrowth because it's like the shedding, which starts with, with the period, and then you're like building up to ovulation. And then once you've ovulated, then you start the luteal phase where the lining is is building up again. Um, Yeah, it's kind of... So if you look at like an image, it's like you have the follicular phase and there's a lining there. But then yes, just as Katie said, like it grows and grows like ovulation. It's preparing to hold the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once the egg doesn't get fertilized, then it starts to shed. And it never will. So yeah, you're right. It is um, thickest in your luteal phase. And then once you don't get pregnant, whatever, or yeah, then it all comes... And it all comes oh, out of your cervix and your vagina. Good luck, body. But, so what, there, a what baby's phase not going in there, bud. The B12. I personally take B12 every single day. I take it too. We're not, and same with iodine. Like if because we're all we're all relatively vegetarians or vegans here, it's probably just good to have that because we're not getting that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think. Where does iodine? Actually iodine's occur? blood. Oh yeah, me stupid. Me no think that. I take that. A- <laughs> I think that's like the one thing that came up kind of low when I went to the primary care doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You have to be careful with iodine though. There's like a lot between like holistic doctors of how much you should be taking. So just like be aware of that. I have a per- I got one from Whole Foods. It's iodine in kelp. Um, but also magnesium and B6 are really incredible um, supplements to take. Magnesium helps with period pain. It helps with calming your nerves. Do you take it at night so that it doesn't make you like sleepy? I have. During my luteal phase, Wait, I, magnesium makes you sleepy. I feel like it does. Everyone's different. A lot of people take it at night. Like my sister-in-law, she takes hers at night because uh-huh. she's definitely sleepy. But I'm a different person where I wake up and I have a lot of anxiety and a lot of thoughts already happening. So mm-hmm. I can straight up take 500 milligrams in I in the morning, and it just and you're chilling. it just makes me feel like I can function. Specifically in this in this phase when I have like a lot of anxiety and overthinking. Do you um, do you take adaptogens? Yeah, I love adaptogens. Well. Like, yeah, in that in that time as well, right? Yeah, I take magnesium um, sometimes when I fly. Um, I, okay, I have, one, I have one more question. Selfish question. <laughs> is this? Did someone tell you something? No, but there have been but a couple. Why is of everyone times telling me what to do? In the last few years, where like for the most part, my cycle is regular, but sometimes like it'll be so late and. I, my read of it is that it is connected to like periods where I'm like super stressed out mm. and like I want to know if there's if you have uh, any information about I've done that. that I've stressed myself to be extremely late it's like what what's going on there I think it's because it's that so like cortisol is good for you but if you're constantly in that like fight or flight or you're constantly stressed out then the cortisol is and again guys I'm still learning it it that too much of that all the time is going to like mess with your cycle right. that makes sense because it's telling your yeah. body not safe not safe yeah not yeah. safe for like a, a babe that, you know what yeah, I mean it's sure. not safe to do this so like you're like not Perp, like yeah, it's like something I learned, which could be connected about stress and how it manifests in your body. Is like um, one of the signs of like if you're feeling relaxed is like if you if you hear your tummy rumble, like because if you have cortisol in your system, um, it one of the things that it's signaling to do is to like pause your digestion. So like, and I, I like from infancy, like I was a colicky baby. So like, I've always had problems with like, I'm stressed out. Like I stopped digesting and it happens. Sorry, I kicked the mic. And it happens like if we're touring, it's like, or traveling, like, um, that, is always a struggle for me because it's like the anxiety and the stress of like being in a new place. Or if we have a photo shoot place. or a video shoot or oh something. Oh my gosh, I'm not like, going to poop. If we have a yeah. photo shoot, I'm not, not going to poop. <laughs> but it's like so interesting how, um, yeah, like if I'm stressed, I'm not digesting. So it may, maybe is a similar thing of like if the cortisol maybe is signaling like, hey, just like whatever anyone is doing in the body, like let's just pause the the system right now because we need to focus on like staying alive or something. No, no, like, like obviously we're not all, uh, like the three of us especially are like not experts or doctors, but what I think is interesting is <laughs> that's like- That's one thing that's been made and clear. Keep yeah. that, just please make that more clear. <laughs> don't, um, don't take medical advice from us. No, but <laughs> I, I, I do think that's like, no, but I kind of, this is like a, it's kind of, I'm going to say the opposite, which is like, you kind of do have to take medical advice from your fucking self. It's yes. like you you do you know, know your, your body, body better yeah. than other people know your body, and yeah. like I think that's why like intuitive medicine and, and and like adaptogens and holistic medicine are very interesting to me, especially as someone who's like very afraid of the doctor. Like I don't like going oh to the doctor. Yeah. What is added to salt? 
iodine? Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? <laughs> what, do you mean? what is added to traditional table salt? Is it iodine? Naomi? I think it might be iodide. What I, the fuck? I, I, I just I, make that I, up? No, I think you might be right. I'm going to. So I'm I think that's down. why it's added to salt because we don't naturally eat enough of it. But It's, it's iodine. Iodine. Yeah, iodized salt. Iodized salt. Oh, wow. I don't use it, but. But maybe you should. Well, I, no, I'm not going to do that. It's bad. Oh. It doesn't taste as good. It doesn't taste as good. Oh, okay. I see. Um, but that's, I think, why it's like certain foods that we. I mean, like, so many foods are enriched with vitamins, but I think, like, back, I don't know when that was started. Yeah. No, I mean, okay, wait, yeah. Are you, you, are you finding out the information? Joe's that second question, which was, how did this start manifesting? Yeah. Well, I think Naomi pretty much touched on it, where, you know, it was a matter of wanting to take your health into your own hands, because, you know, I... I didn't grow up really going to the doctor, so that yeah, I, they, I didn't even give them a chance to fail me, but I kind of <laughs> like saw it happening. And so um, just with other people that I would talk to and like my sister-in-law, like she was on birth control for a really long time. And again, full disclosure, anyone on birth control, that's amazing if it works for you. Yeah. Um, but it definitely, there's this misconception that it's like regulating your hormones and it's not. It's like completely masking your hormones. So even when you are on hormonal birth control and you get a period, it's not technically a period, it's like a pill bleed. So you're never really what? getting... Yeah, it's all like synthetic hormones. So you're not like go like you're stopping ovulation when when you're yeah. on, when your you're birth, on birth control, control is convincing the body that you're pregnant, right? Yeah, exactly. So you then why do you bleed? Then why do you bleed? No, I don't really have the answer. But it's like I'm just it's not really part of your uh, research. It's like <laughs> I no, I think that. I'm constantly researching, but I'm pretty sure that it's like it's like a yeah withdrawal never, bleed. Yeah, it's like a withdrawal bleed. I've never been on birth control, but I'm pretty yeah. sure there's like a pill that you take that kind of like stimulates the blood of like acting like it's still happening because I'm like mm-hmm. I wonder yeah. if you bleed because you need to bleed no yeah bleed because you're wall withdrawal it's yeah it's withdrawal bleeding so oh my God. Uh, essentially crazy. it's that oh you don't God. get a real period uh, at all it's not the same as your menstrual period you're it's a withdrawal bleeding like because you're withdrawing from the hormones in the pill so that, wait, that you're are taking, you, and the drop it, in hormone is levels is causes is the it, lining in your uterus okay. to shed. Okay, thank you. But it's you not menstrual. That is crazy. Wild. I can't tell you. It's crazy, mm-hmm. and it's. I'm getting it's a medical degree on this episode because I I was on off birth control <laughs> yeah, so many lot. times, and they just want to give it to you. And I get it. They don't want you to get pregnant, and like they want you to be able to like. I think that's important for people who can get pregnant. Like you have the choice of whether because obviously men will lie. Um, yeah (laughs) and they're not on even though they couldn't have birth control well it made them feel bad yeah they didn't like it and they didn't like it it's just frustrating when you go to the doctor with pain um and then that's your that's what you're given and I don't and like instead of being like oh maybe you can change your diet or you know maybe track your period or maybe any of this knowledge that we're now like learning ourselves like you know on a constant basis and I so I do think the the inspiration was like even though I'm not like a massive thought leader in this space yet and I hope to be one it's just like I want to learn more about myself and my body and um yeah have more control versus just like waiting on a doctor to get a response and then to just like get a prescription for something like this is TMI but I know we're almost out of time but I'll tell a messed up story is I had bacterial vaginosis Mm -hmm. what which I I think (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's crazy it happens you probably wouldn't know Joe because 
Because you're because you're a lesbian, but <laughs> dicks can throw off the pH level I, I know, of your vagina. I, I know that because I know how dirty they are. Yeah, dirty, uh, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> No, it just throws your pH off, it right? It throws your pH off. Any dick at all, They're yeah. too acidic. Were they actually too... Um, vinegar dish. <laughs> Honestly, I bet you they are too acidic. Of fucking dirty and stinky. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I had one. Went to. The, I was like, what is happening down there? Yeah. Like, I eat it relatively like? healthy. Like yeasty? It was... Well, no, not yet. That came later. It okay. was like this, like, just a rank smell that didn't feel like myself. <laughs> you were like... Like something's going on. Something's and going this is on. Another yeah. reason, one reason why I'm. Alive. I think a lot of people get bacterial vaginosis. <laughs> you can get it from like you can get it from so many different. You can get a yeast infection from wearing a damn bathing suit. Like, but yeah. the, well, that was yeah. the thing is they gave me these antibiotics, which then killed all the good bacteria in my vagina, and, and then gave I got, you a yeast infection. And gave me a yeast infection. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. So for six months, I went back and forth from back, back, BV to yeast infection. Oh, oh, the bang. worst. It was crazy. So how did you oh fix it? Oh my god. So I fixed it through this thing called boric acid, and mm-hmm. based off like what I've looked into, it seems like it's the only one besides probiotics. Like I even and put a and don't do this at home, but I dipped a tampon in a pro, like opened up a probiotic and dipped my tampon Holy in there and put it in my vagina. Shit. Which, People like, do not that. know. Yeah, People yeah. do that. That is so crazy. But I mean, like, why not? But boric acid is a, is a good one. Just don't swallow it. You what, put it, you put it in it? there. It's what a suppository. It? I don't really know what boric acid is except for it helped. And it makes sense because it's an acid. So it's like maybe <laughs> Naomi's on it. Boric acid for BV. You're probably, comes at, right we're probably up, out here baby. saving yeah, lives. I yeah. like. I really am so glad that Naomi's also had the laptop like in front of them. Fact check. This yeah. has been great. Hundred uh, percent. We're learning. Pl- we're studying. Degree. I think it's the best method for um, blood. Are you a free bleeder? Uh, yes, I, I literally took like a problem. Like I ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> I personally. Why? Because you just like. You just, I, I just I, I wear period underwear. I, I got into that during. COVID. Do you have a pair of the Thinks or whatever? I don't do Thinks. I do Modi Body from Australia. I love all, this all anything. This episode sponsored on. by Modi. <laughs> yeah. It could it could be if they um, reached out. And it actually, funny Carla Welch, out. who Amber told me, yeah. I had no idea. She's a stylist, right? She's a stylist, super yeah. incredible stylist, and she created a period panty. Wow! Um, so then Amber Dope. gave me her email, so I might what? be emailing. Oh it. hell yeah! What is it like? That's I've what, I yeah. wore I, we a, about this I wore uh, I got a free pair given to me a while ago and I wore them for the period purpose. I have this problem where like a lot of the time around my period I think I'm getting my period but uh-huh. I'm not and uh-huh. I'm usually it's usually like three days before I'm starting to like ooh no like I'm panicking <laughs> I'm like I'm worried I'm gonna bleed in my in my pants so I'll like wear it to sleep or whatever and then nothing will happen but the the last period that I had I wore it for the first day and it actually was cool. Yeah, I wore cool. a diva cup. I really like my diva cup like because diva. of where my TMI. Yeah, because of TMI reasons, I can't. I can't use yeah. a cup. It sucks because I wish I could. Yeah, it's I think just that's it's really common. It, it's super. It's super common. You need to find too. the right shape. That's another thing too. It's like that's all real. all insides are not made the same. Right, all different sizes and shapes. I need one shaped like some kind of backwards or something. <laughs> like, I do really. Yeah, yeah, I do. But I do really see like the strange connection between your work as a stylist and your and your work now because there's something really unique about like you just have like no like judgment or shame or stigma around like anybody's experience, anybody's like shape, anybody's like what they're what they're going through and what and what their body is like. So I think that it, it makes sense that 
you can be like of service in a really specific way where you're like, just tell me what's going on and we can figure out something that works. You yeah. Know? Also, it's just like nobody has, I mean, everybody's like dealing with some wild stuff mm-hmm. like in that way. Right. If it's not the bleeding, it's the emotion. And if it's not the emotion, it's something else. You know it's what I mean? In, like, same way, in the same way that it's like even styling like the three of us, it's like everybody has like a slightly Unicorn different vibes. gender identity and like different mood variations. You yeah, know? But, mine, mine is grumpy. But it's like that it seems to be the same kind of ethos that y'all are bringing to Hummingway where it's like, well, every single person, if we can't have a model that's like, you know, just gets, re- um, what's the word for that? Just gets like copy pasted onto yeah. everybody's. Yeah. Like, Especially if it was tested on men. Yeah. I really, so what's No the, shade to men, cis men. Speaking of Hummingway, like what's the, what's the dream? Like what's the, I don't think we really ta- talked about like what your guys's intentions are and also what are your dreams based on like this newfound love of um the insides yeah i think the ultimate dream would once we launch to kind of i've been kind of doing it but finding schools and researchers who are like really into this and we have like a an advisory board of like holistic health coaches and gynecologists but it would be nice to eventually like Hummingway be creating the research because there's such a lack of would be like the ultimate goal so yeah cool. totally um that's like my main focus. And I also think just like trying every supplement in the world, everything is like, oh, here's, you know, gummies that are going to fix bloating and mood and this. And I just kind of feel like, yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do for that, but everyone is different. And so like with our first product, like it's very directed at menstrual pain and Mm -hmm. like what's happening there and to like create almost like this kit that you have for your period Mm -hmm. and then this you know certain products that might help you in like your luteal phase and then go into fertility and then go into menopause which is also just like this dark box that no one talks about right um that I again I'm not even close I'm still learning this part of our bodies like Mm -hmm. this cycle that we go through in life um but yeah I think the goal is to just get people to check in with themselves like when you go to our website when it launches in October, you can like take a quiz that kind of just helps you figure out where you are in your body. And it's Mm -hmm. like, hey, you might be here, like read this article. Like we have a content platform that we we have scientists writing on. And so I think it's really just to get people to check in with themselves and like get to know your body and not just so be on like the go, go, go and just create this like lifestyle around talking about this and trying to break down the stigma. And, but yeah, the goal would be like research. That was a HeadGum Podcast.